When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Stevie Nicholl. Only one place to start today's programme, and that is in the Premier League. Manchester City against Spurs. What a match this turned out to be. City are in control in the first half, but an error from Edison would see Spurs open the scoring just before half-time. And then, moments later, it was 2-0 as Spurs doubled their advantage before the break. Manchester City came out flying, though, in the second half. Alvarez making it 2-1, six minutes into the second half. And then, moments after that, Haaland made it 2-2. Riyad Mahrez run the show in the second half. He would get two goals as Manchester City beat Spurs by four goals to two. And that closed the gap at the top of the table now to five points on Arsenal. Arsenal have, do have a game in hand. Uh, here's how the newspapers uh, summed up that frantic 90 minutes. Uh, boo moon rising because City were booed off at half-time. The comeback kings, uh, the times, and Hugo Bosch, uh, the back page, uh, the express. Frank LeBeouf Le uh, joins us as well to reflect on quite the game at the Etihad. We'll hear from Frank in a moment. Craig, that was brilliant. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't a brilliant first 45 for City, and that's why they got booed off. And people may say, well, that's a bit harsh, but the fans are remembering that 45. They're remembering the end of the United game. They're remembering the Southampton game. So there's been a few of these coming, and they were frustrated, and so was the manager, and we'll talk about that. He made a, I thought. I mean, I thought he was going to make changes. I thought Phil Foden would sit. I didn't think De Bruyne would sit, even though I, I don't think he's been playing great. I didn't think he would sit. I wasn't surprised Bernardo Silva didn't play. But when you looked at the bench, you thought... Another thing I thought at half-time, Stevie, I thought, right, the cavalry's coming yes. on. Yeah. But he didn't. No. He didn't. He, so he's obviously said, listen, you've got us into this, you get us out of it. And when Alvarez gets that goal, you thought, right, that's it. It's almost kind of the top of the champagne then. Well, it was a different city in the second half because they came out with urgency in the final third and, and they played with emotion. You could see it. You could actually see the emotion watching the game. The difference between the start of the second half and the first. Mm. And Tottenham had no answer for it. You know, a side, a side that's built to defend well and then attack on the break, well, they didn't defend. The defending was a shambles. But as I said, you've got to give credit to, to, to the City players. Completely different outlook, urgency and emotion. How good was Riyad Mahrez today, Frank? Exceptional, exceptional. But allow me to, to add uh, Nathan Ake as well, uh, especially the second half, it was superb. But yes, offensively, uh, he was involved in the four goals that uh, City scored. He's sharp. Uh, don't forget, he wasn't involved because he's Algerian. He didn't play for the World Cup. And he's, uh, I guess he had a second preparation. He's fit. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's very good uh, right now. He filled the game like we could see in the, in the fourth goal. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he makes a difference. He makes a difference on his side. And Davies had a nightmare today. So did Perisic against him. That's why he took him off. Yeah. Mate, in all fairness to him, he's not a fullback. He's a wing-back. He's been turned into a wing-back. He's played there many times, but he's not a natural wing-back. 
and he got roasted by him. And then Longley comes on, he had a nightmare. His Tottenham career hasn't got going. His Barcelona career hardly got going. And, uh, and yeah, so you could say, in some sense, yeah, 2-0 at half-time, but the Ederson hospital ball. I mean, even if he's going to play that out, Ederson, under pressure to Rodri, he's got to play it to the other side. Right. Plays it to the side that Benton Kerr was on. So, yeah, it looked as if it was going to be different for Tottenham in terms of, oh, this, we've been criticising them recently, this is the stepping stone, but they just could not handle that wave of City attack after attack in the second half. Having said that, how critical should we be of Tottenham, considering there aren't that many teams, are there, that could cope with City in that mood? I think we have to be critical of Tottenham. 2-0 up at half-time, aside, as I said, that, that Conte really has built to defend and then attack. So... But you're given a two-goal lead. You know, it, it, it's weird to me to listen to him complaining about not getting money. You know, at the end of the day, that back, that back line are two players that he brought in. Mm. Langley and Royale. They can't defend. And why do you think Langley was able to go to Spurs? Because Barca didn't want him. They were playing PK, who was about 65 at the time, ahead of him. So why do they <laughs> think they're going to bring in players like him and do any better? And Eric Dyer, for me, I don't think has ever been a particularly great centre-back. I know he plays with England, but again, I don't understand it. So we shouldn't really be surprised, considering I've just basically slaughtered two of the back four. And then you throw in the goalkeeper as well, mm. who, who's good for a, a mistake now and again. But he didn't want it the weekend, and he's doing another one today. So defensively, defensively, you expect them to be better. But then, if you go through it, you shouldn't be surprised. We kind of talked about it a bit yesterday when Seb was on his rhetoric recently about the English system, yes, and the lack of transparency from others about direction. And you kind of go, okay, that's they do it differently in other countries. But you've been in England before. And it was a big deflection tactic to answer all the questions about his team, about his team's performances, about his team's defending, about his team's style. And maybe a result today would have made that go away, but I mean, who does he want to answer this one? The sporting director? Daniel Levy? As Stevie said, they're 2-0 up. Yeah, what do you think he said at half-time? Oh, they're not going to attack us in the first 10 minutes of the second half. They're not going to be angry. They're going to be... <laughs> he had to be saying to them, they're seething in there. Yeah. They're supposed to be in a title race. They're supposed to be the favourites. They're going to come out at us with the biggest hammer and hammer away until the break is down. Well, it wasn't that difficult, was it? Not at all. How, how much are you worried about Hugo Lloris with regards to should he even start this weekend, Frank? That would be a question mark. Even if I think that uh, on that specific uh, goal that he conceded on the, on the near post, you know, Davis uh, uh, touched the ball and deflected. So even though he has to take care of that near post, you know, I think he can be fully guilty for that, for that goal. But that's been many, many mistakes from Hugo. And, uh, and even if he's, uh, if he's French, you know, he just retired <laughs> from the national team. He has, to be, he has to be punished if he's not good enough and uh, Conte will have to decide. But again, uh, I have to go with Stevie. You know, when you base your, your tactic about defending well without having good defenders, it's getting hard even for the goalkeeper, <laughs> for the entire team, for the fans, but also for the goalkeeper. Because you know at one point, you know, if you're not perfect, you're going to concede goal because you see so many mistakes. 
So it's not only on uh, Igoloris that you have to, uh, to, uh, to be critical. It's the old defense, the old team, the mentality, the, the wrong mindset. And of course, the first for me guilty for that is Mr. Conte because he has the player to play differently, different, uh, yeah, differently, uh, and he doesn't. Uh, let's talk about Pep Guardiola after the game. You alluded to the fact, I think everyone was expecting him to go, yeah, this is it, this is my Manchester City, great performance second half. But he was scathing of the fans, of the players, saying that everything is just too comfortable, too quiet, there's no guts, there's no passion. This is a shadow of the team that he's coached in the past. And I think he's seen that in the body language recently. He started to talk about body language before the defeat at Manchester United. And I think he could sense, even though some of the results were okay, the performances were uh, a good level or two down on what, what he and what they have set the standard upon. So I think he knows that the chances of this City team putting a 15-game win and run together is probably slim. Mm. That's good news for Arsenal. But yeah, he's, he's less than happy with what you've seen on the field. You obviously did in the 80s with Liverpool, Stevie. Yeah. Just winning titles for fun. Is there a part where it gets a little complacent? The 100%. edge isn't quite there. <clears throat> well, I, I actually, you know, listening to him after the game, yes, he was critical of the players. And, and you know, I, I said earlier that the urgency and the emotion was the difference for City. And that just hasn't been there in the final third. Because I don't think City are playing any different from back to front. It's just the final third, they seem to be lacking that extra bit of drive and guile. But as far as criticise, he criticised the fans for being quiet. He's got to understand that when you've won the title four out of five years, the fans are turning up thinking it's going to be three and four. Right. And so do you really expect the fans to be screaming their head off from the get-go when they're coming here before a ball's kicked, they've won the game? It's, it's difficult. You mentioned me in the 80s. I remember sitting in the stand in 83 and Liverpool scored... After about 10 minutes, it was 1-0 and the place shut down because we knew the game was over. Right. The fans knew the game was over. So it's OK for him to criticise the fans, but it's not easy for the fans to turn up and be screaming their head off for 90 minutes because they're used to winning. Standards have and there's dropped. there's nothing you can do. Standards have dropped a bit. He wants to go and manage Everton. <laughs> yes, I, I, mean, I tell you, he, he wants to go and see when fans do turn. Yeah. You know, he has the odd bad performance or they get knocked out of the Champions League and there's a few... He's talking about a few groans. I mean, I don't con I'm not condoning, by the way, what's going on at Everton that's beyond the protesting in a normal way. You know, I'm all for protesting in a, in a, in a civil manner, not what we're seeing that's beyond the pale at Everton. But that's, this, that's when fans really turn... That's a few groans. He's getting, he's getting groans and moans up the style of football at the moment. Do you know as far as the players are concerned though, don't you think that's down to, to, to Guardiola? You know, he's talking about the players lacking, lacking a bit of fire and lacking a bit of guts and lacking a bit of desire, right? right? Surely that's got to be part of his job to make sure that his players are on edge all the time and they're not getting complacent. That's part of his job. You know, I'm saying that in the final third there seems to be that lack of urgency. Well, guess what? You're the coach. You've got, to find, you've got to find a way of motivating your players to have that sort of urgency from the kick-off. Not to be able to come in at half-time and, and take a size 12 up the backside before you, before you get that desire and urgency. Surely that's part of his job. You know, he's too busy criticising the players and the fans. He needs to look at what he's doing 
in order for the players to get back to that urgency and that emotion that they've had for, for the last whatever years he's been there. So he's got to look at himself. Part, part of his job is to make sure his players are on their toes and they're on the edge. But what he has done, I suppose in some sense, he's oh. got a result in the end. Sorry, Frank. He's got a result in the end. This was a big game off the back of the, the, the Manchester derby defeat. He can say what he wants about whoever needed a rest. De Bruyne was dropped, right? Yep. So, was, so was Bernardo Silva, who has talked about wanting to leave, and maybe that's part of the issue. Uh, Phil Foden's form has been patchy when he's played. So at, at least at least he said to the team tonight, and, he, and Gundogan didn't play at the weekend, by the way, and, and, and we know Grealish has been in and out. At least he said to the dressing room, whether this works or doesn't work, if I can drop him, De Bruyne, yep. I'm dropping Haaland, I'll drop Alvarez as one of the World Cup, I'll drop, uh, Diaz is on the bench, Laporte gets dropped, Kinsella was dropped. A at least one thing, he's made players aware that even though, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned those players, the form hasn't been brilliant, this was a huge game for a bounce back. So he wanted a team, absolutely, that he thought he was going to be confident to win this game. And it meant those guys stayed on the bench. So in some way for him, it was a victory tonight in that sense, as well as the three points. Go on, Frank. Uh, yes, two things. I think I think uh, I, I, I would go for the guy with the guys. You know, I think uh, uh, Guardiola is a little bit responsible for for what he gets from the players. You know, he wants them to play so much, and we saw on the second goal when Brody has to kick the ball away. He tries to get the ball and keep the ball. He doesn't try to to kick it away to just to 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 save him from considering a, a goal. And uh, on the first goal, Ederson tries to play. So you want the players to play. So they have to take risks and they get sloppy and they get maybe overconfident and complacent. It's why maybe they, they play like that. But he wants them to play like that way so he can be a little bit responsible for that. And for the fans, you know, I played for Chelsea in the 90s where uh, the club didn't win anything for 26 years. The atmosphere was crazy. That was crazy. We were there. Craig was there as well. That was different than when you go to Stamford Bridge now because of the amount of, of uh, title that they got. You know, fans getting a little bit, uh, yeah, um, easy because, uh, because they, don't, they, they know and they, they want more and, they, and they, they, you have to starve also the, the fans in order for them to, to, get, to get upset. If you go to Newcastle, fans are crazy. In Newcastle, yeah, because they don't win anything for, for, for decades and they want something and they, and, they, and they are behind the team. So for the fans, you know, you shouldn't complain too much. It's, big, it's because he's been successful that the fans are like that. But they're so open, aren't they? Well, they, they, there's that vulnerability there. There's, yeah. you know, oh. there's still, I mean, I suppose that in some sense with this guy in charge, that might never go away. Mm -hmm. And it might continue to be their Achilles heel at the knockout stages of the Champions League. But when you compare them to Arsenal... At the moment, Arsenal play a silky, attractive-looking football, but they don't seem as open as Man City. They still they, they they seem able at the moment to have the balance better. So that's something that he's going to have to address for sure. And what does he do next, Stevie, with regarding like the likes of Kevin De Bruyne for the next match? Oh, he plays. He'll be back right. Hi. At some point, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with Craig. I think it's just a little message. You know what? Yes, you're a fantastic player. Yes, we all love you. Yes, this, yes, that. Yeah. But, you know, it has to be better. And, and he thought that he could do that tonight and also win the game. Turns out he did win the game. Not the way he probably hoped. But, yeah, he's, he's hoping that he's sent a message to De Bruyne and everybody else. But he'll be back.
Well, that no tells you he, he was the guy that created the bit of magic for Grealish, for the which which looked like it was going to be the winner yep. at Old Trafford. And yet, what he's saying is, well, that was good, but the other, you know, eighty odd minutes right. was way beyond the standard that you've set at this football club. So, you know, that, that is a message for sure. Does this second half performance? Does this? get the momentum going for City in the second half of the season, Frank? Or can you still see them stumbling? Uh, you know, we, we so many times, you know, at the end of the season, especially in Champions League, you know, uh, uh, Manchester City losing their, their talent or, or, or the, the, the frame of mind where they are and where they are inv almost invincible. Uh, I still believe that they can catch Arsenal. I'm still wondering uh, if the Gunners can... Uh, can uh, carry on playing that well and uh, getting the, all the results. I still have uh, yeah question marks about that. Um, and Manchester, you know, on the eight titles that they got the last uh, the last decades, uh, uh, four of them they were eight points behind and more, more than that. So they are capable of coming back. I think uh, we shouldn't bury them uh, too early. Squadula uh, uh, has a fantastic fantastic squad, and you have two confrontation against uh, the Gunners. After those two games, maybe you can, you can maybe have an idea of where, who's going to be the champion for sure. But uh, you still have to give them a chance to, uh, to, uh, to finish first, yeah. Uh, next up for City is Wolves this weekend at home. Uh, just a reminder, extra time as always is available over on our YouTube channel. Frank will be back to answer your questions. Uh, Craig and uh, Stevie reveal their adventures from this morning. Uh, busy morning. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like it. It's very busy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Real Madrid bounced back from their Spanish Super Cup defeat by coming from behind to beat Villarreal by three goals to two. They were 2-0 down at the break, but they turned it on in the second half. Anishas Junior, Militao, and a nice finish from Ceballos guaranteeing them a place in the quarterfinals. Luis Garcia uh, joins us to reflect on that game. Luis, that really was quite a statement, wasn't it, from Carlo Ancelotti's side in the second half? Yeah, once again, another big comeback from the Real Madrid side. A game of two halves in the first half, I think that Villarreal 
made everything looking bad and poor for Real Madrid. They overrun Real Madrid in the center of the path. They could have even scored a couple more goals with a very clear two chances. And once again, it was Courtois, the main man at the back. A lot of problems for Real Madrid. And no Carvajal, no Lucas Vasquez to have someone in the right side. So it was Nacho, a center, center back. But in the second half, I think that one thing changed everything, that it was one point, the right back from Villarreal. And I'm saying one one thing because the game just changed all, all in that side. Juan Foy was uh, blocking very well and holding Vinicius Jr. They didn't have one ball clear in the first half. In the second one with Mandy, Aiza Mandy, there is a centre-back, had a lot of problems with him and start every single um, uh, phase of Real Madrid attacking. He was from that side from Vinicius Jr. Uh, the entrance of uh, Ceballos and also Asensio changed completely the central midfield of Real Madrid that looked totally different, more intense. The ball was uh, speeding out quicker. And Benzema kind of uh, went alive once again. And well, it was a fantastic comeback. Nothing to say about that Real Madrid that uh, at the end deserved uh, to, to win the game and to go to the quarterfinals. Uh, what did you make about the Rodrigo-Ancelotti conversation that we saw on the sideline, Luis? Obviously, Rodrigo taken off, Ancelotti uh, clearly not happy with him, and it's not something you see very often from the Real Madrid manager. Yeah, it's very true. We, we were expecting to see, we, we saw um, Ancelotti pointing with his finger to say, listen, what, what is happening, don't do that anymore, and we didn't know what it was, and we saw after that it was about Rodrigo that left the, 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 the pitch not very happy, same as Cross, but it's true that he didn't get involved into the game at any point. Uh, it's been already two games that he hasn't had the best game after we've seen Rodrigo being a key player, but in these moments where Real Madrid maybe is not in the best uh, moment of the competition and Rodrigo is not getting involved, he suffered a lot to receive balls, he suffered a lot to even get in contact with the ball, and he was replaced. And after leaving the, um, the pitch, uh, I think they mentioned something or said something to Ancelotti that, of course, wasn't uh, having it. And, well, he went to him to say, listen, and we'll see what happened because it's true that Ancelotti is not a, a manager who kind of uh, re reply or, or talk to the players in a bad way. So we'll see what happened uh, for the next game at the weekend against Athletic Club de Bilbao. Exactly. And that's the next question, Luis. How much then does this second half performance kickstart, as we're talking about Manchester City, their campaign now for the second half of the season? I think it was very important to get a good result for Real Madrid because going against Athletic Club, is, it wasn't going to be easy. And they have, after right after Real Sociedad, they in third position and looking very strong. So at least having a, a good moment, 45 minutes, that I think that are very good football even though they don't have uh, a lot of players uh, uh, ready because they have four or five important players. We, we, can, uh, we cannot forget the Alaba is also injured. We talk about Carvajal, so many is not going to be involved either at the weekend. And, and not going to extra time is also uh, something very important because the, the, the players look tired, but uh, definitely having uh, Ceballos being important, Asensio being important for the game and getting a, a, a good comeback, it was very needed for Real Madrid that... Well, lost the Super Cup, lost against Villarreal just a, a week ago. Get this uh, combat kind of give them a little bit of confidence to face uh, the, the game at the weekend. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Frank LaBeouf is still with us, and look at this. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> handicapped. By the way, I thought about buying one of them yesterday. Okay, I was in the shop. Stuart Robson is in Leipzig, uh, ahead of Leipzig <laughs> against uh, Bayern Munich. What a treat uh, for you, Robbo. <laughs> I did. Well, I looked at one of those flat caps in the shop yesterday. Why would you wear a flat I, cap? Well, it, well, Robbo's wearing one. Yes, but he, So I put it on, and I looked in the mirror. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I put it on, and I went to the mirror, and I went... Yeah. No, 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 I think that's probably the why. How are you, Robbo? Warm? I'm very well, thank you, Dan. I, I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm not warm. I've got to say it's fairly cold. It's probably about minus three out here at the moment. And uh, we've had snow right. this Where afternoon. But I've had the pleasure of Derek Ray's you. company, so that makes me warm inside. Oh, 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 beautiful. Well, Arsenal fans are feeling warm inside at the moment, aren't they? As it looks like they're going to get Trossard from Brighton. Uh, Robbo, good signing? Yes, because I think, I don't think you're coming to the team straight away, but when we were talking about Arsenal a couple of weeks ago and who they should sign, I always said that they shouldn't buy a player that's going to come in and try and make the side better. I think they needed a squad player. And at the moment, I think Trossard will be that sort of player. He's going to be a squad player. They've got players out wide at the moment. Martinelli's doing brilliantly. Saka is probably one of the best players in the Premier League. Martin Odegaard is playing in that hole behind. So I'm not sure he's going to get in the team because I don't think he's an out-and-out centre-forward. I don't think he's going to take the place of Nketiah. But if one of those gets injured or they've got lots of games coming up, he will get in the side and be a good addition. I think he's an excellent signing for Arsenal. It was interesting. All the talk was about his Belgium teammate, Yuri Tielemans of Leicester, who's a slightly different player, but, you know, can play in those forward areas as well and, and obviously play a bit deeper. Uh, but I agree, I think, as a, I agree with Robbo here, I think as a squad player, clearly he's been unhappy at Brighton. He was part of that Belgium squad. He, he got some game time. He wasn't brilliant, but neither was the, uh, the Belgians. And I think he just beefs up the squad in, in, in case they get some injuries. It's not, it's not a bundle of money. Mm-hmm. They're not throwing the kitchen sink at it and they're adding, as I say, they're adding to the squad. So I think it's a decent... No, it's not... Look, it's not... Wow, this is fantastic. It's just a decent, I think, on the face of it, bit of business. It seems a bit strange, a 28-year-old going somewhere where he pretty much knows when everybody's fit he's not playing. I find that strange. He's got a chance it's, a good, it's a great sign for Arsenal. Well, he's got a chance to win a title, hasn't he? Champions yeah, but if you football. don't play, Dan. Hmm? If, you, if you don't play. Well, he's going to play, he's, he's going to feature, isn't he? Well, that's what I'm saying. A 28, I, just, I find it strange from a professional point of view right. by a 28-year-old would go somewhere where he kind of knows he's not going to start when everybody's fit. Is that the way of the world strange. these days? You, made, you made a couple of moves, two or three moves. I made two or three moves. Everyone I made, I w- we were going to play. Right. Right. 
I'm just wondering if this is the, the mindset now, the mentality of some of these players is like, look, I'll take my chance, I'll take my wage. Oh, is, there not, is there not an element of, well, I'll go there and prove that I should be in the starting eleven? That yeah. I have enough belief in myself? Yeah, but if he's watched him at the moment, <laughs> it's not going to happen unless there's right. an injury. But look, look, the other side of the coin for him is, and players like this, is you turn down the move, you don't know what's going to happen at Brighton, they're a very tidy little side under De Zerbe, but it's a chance to go to Arsenal. You know, yeah. Arsenal who are back on the front foot. I, I don't, I don't blame him for going. I think it's good business all round. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of business, Chelsea are spending more money. Wow. It is suggested they're going for Madweke. Let's just uh, confirm who this player is. 35 million euros is the price tag for the player from PSV. Uh, he, well, he went from PSV from, to Spurs, from Spurs, sorry, from the academy there. Uh, he's, a, he's a striking option, but is this the striking option that Chelsea need, Frank? <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, hopefully, yes. Uh, I, I have to say, I don't know the player. Uh, i never seen him playing. I uh, was told that he's a, he's a very talented player, but again, he will have to uh, provide uh, uh, passes and good passes and assists to, in order for him to score goals if he plays. That's the same thing, you know, what will be the tactic from uh, uh, Graham Potter in order for uh, Madweke to, uh, to be able to play and to show his talent. Wait and see, you know, another name, um, mm. 35 million, let's see how it works. Uh, another one for the attacking list, uh, Robbo. Mm. Well, it looks like it's a scattergun approach by Chelsea at the moment. They're going to buy anybody that's fairly young and that's got a bit of promise. But where are they all going to fit into the side? Are they good enough to play for Chelsea over the course of the next two or three years? Is the manager still going to be there in two or three years' time? It seems to be a strange policy at the moment. And I'm not sure anybody's really in control of that policy. Look at the players they've bought over the last uh, few, uh, last six or seven months. It's uh, it, You can't see really any pattern to it, apart from most of them are quite young and most of them uh, have got some potential. I think we're the only five that have not been bid for by Chelsea at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's like Graham Potter said a couple of weeks ago, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, at the end of the day, he said, I don't really want to be managing 30 players when everybody's fit. And it looks like Todd Bowley's saying, well, how's it about 35? <laughs> 40? Yeah. And they're all... And, and, and the most of them, the most of them are the front players. Yes. You know, you think about Sterling's to come back, Pulisic is to come back, hudson Adoy, I think, is still there. Uh, Loftus-Cheek can play in several positions. Zayech, this fella, uh, Mason Mount, Aubameyang, Havertz, and, and, and I've missed people out. Yeah. I mean, it's all very well building a squad, but building even the Man City squad and the Liverpool squad, if we're talking about English football, and the Arsenal squad that's doing well at the moment has taken a bit of time to build. They didn't just come in. Guardiola and Klopp just didn't all of a sudden walk in one morning after a bad result and have 15 new players and go, right, this is the title one inside, boys. Yep. It was a building, it was a step-by-step -step process. For a reason. There was a reason behind it. It just feels it that... feel as though there's any reason. I'm not all. saying none of the, any of these guys are bad players. Not at all. No. <laughs> but I just don't know when Graham Potter be like, oh, Jesus, I, I, I honestly wonder... How many of these, if any, the current Chelsea manager... You, you can't imagine. ...said, look, that's who I want. He's uh, fitting in the system yeah. that I want to play. It's like, here's a bunch of players. 
you can it's a can it's a bunch of players make it work well, well, the proof that he doesn't. Well, apparently, they've had a Aye. 60 million bid turned down. Well, the, 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 the proof's in the pudding. He says at the weekend, we've got too many, right. and they go and sign another one. So clearly, he has no idea. Right. There's your answer. Uh, it is, of course, a Chelsea against Liverpool uh, this weekend. Just a reminder how things look going into that class regarding their positions in the Premier League. I don't think either expect it to be so low going into this tie. Cool. It is ninth against 10th. Cool. Uh, incredibly. Uh, boys, you're not here tomorrow, so we thought we'd just go. Oh, he's gone. Well, no, I'm we'll go, we'll go for the, the, He's going to walk. <laughs> the, the predictions. Uh, I've gone for it. Every, well, Everyone's gone for a draw. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Because well, neither of them can win a game. Yeah. That's well, why. I thought I was going to be the odd one out with 2-2. Right, there I you thought go, almost man. everybody was going to go for a Liverpool win. Uh, Rob, are you concerned that you agree with Craig and Stevie? Uh, I school said that I said the same thing as Craig and Stevie. No, not really. I think they're both great pundits, as we all know. You know, and uh, I think it's the it, it's, it's a drop. We don't know we don't know enough about uh, Liverpool when they're. Well, I saw them against Wolves in midweek, where they played slightly better. They were more resilient, but they've still got a lot of injuries. Chelsea have got a load of injuries. They're still struggling in the in the fullback areas. They need Reese James back in one side and Chilwell down the other. So you're not quite sure what you going to get from either side. It will be a tight game. I think there will be goals. Neither are defending particularly well at the moment, so that's why I've gone for a two-all. But it's an imp- massive game for both managers and both both clubs. Well, Liverpool, well, Liverpool, you, you, you said they beat Wolves and that would change everything going into this well, game. I watched that show. Oh, no. Liverpool oh, have no. turned... How many Shaka were sat and Liverpool have turned the corner? The this Dan, is a magnificent... They beat Wolves! <laughs> Another Dan Thomas fairy story. Well, you did say that. No, I didn't. I have to be honest, Stevie. Absolute garbage. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I was there. You know, and I tried. I said. I tried to defend my point. Oh, let me talk. I tried to defend my point, and you said I was seeing, you know, some uh, (laughs) BSs, you know, where, you know, you you said that even the players who didn't play were very happy with the result, and they're going to be very confident to uh, to be on the field against Chelsea because the other their teammates won the game. You say that. Right, now I'll tell you what I did say. Go on. I said that obviously when you win a game, it lifts the club, it lifts everybody. So that when you step on the field the next time, you feel a bit more confident and a bit happier and a better mood. And That's completely different than saying, oh, this is it, they've turned the corner and all you nonsense. But then surely, well, I, have I, have honest, I, said, I have to be honest. All I said was a win, well, a win in the FA Cup <laughs> is going to make everybody right, feel better you're about right, themselves. Steven. I'll be honest, I was watching this the show. What day was it? Tuesday. Tuesday, I was off. Don't you start doing it. He has part. I'm not. I was, <laughs> I was sat at home watching the show Tuesday, live at five o'clock after the game. I thought, yeah. he's a bit cock isn't he? Yeah, right. I know. Him and Shaq were going, oh, well, Shaq's not here. I'll leave him out. No, he was not. But it's only going to be a draw against Chelsea, despite that well, victory against Wolves. I, I, I've, I've kind of got every single thing that Robbo said in my head. Neither of them can defend. Right. So that's why I've gone for four goals. Uh, and both sides have got players that do have ability going forward. So, again, that's why I've gone for four goals in the game. But as far as the way the game's going to go, I mean, I have no idea. I, I don't remember the last time I, saw, I watched a Liverpool team in particular possessing the ball for any, any period of time with, with confidence. Not even against Wolves when they won. And Chelsea's a little bit the same. I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do, 
So it's it's very difficult to pick a winner out of these Graham, two. Graham Potter's not trying to pick a team at the moment. He's trying to count his team. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's, I presume they're all available. Most of them. Modric... Well, yeah, Felix is still... Um, oh, Felix is suspended. Yeah. But okay. I presume uh, Modric is available and we'll see what he does. But, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be confident in either of these two. Particularly, I mean, even after Liverpool's... Marvellous performance. Uh, Frank will be giving us his prediction tomorrow. Oh, how are we going to? Oh, be, how are we going to be able to sleep at night, no. uh, not knowing what Frank is going to predict? Well, um, he'll go for Liverpool because he hates Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, reflections on Leipzig <laughs> against Bayern Munich. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. After a very, very long break, the Bundesliga returns and what a game to kick things off. It's third versus first, Leipzig against Bayern Munich. Coverage of that game starts tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. And of course, one of the standout stars for Bayern so far this season has been Mr. Musiala. Born in 2003. He is the youngest player to ever feature in a Bayern lineup. Try have fun on the pitch and be as free as possible. Always growing up, I watched a lot of Messi, Neymar's videos. It amazed me how they went into the dribblings, and it was always entertaining to watch them play. This young man just keeps on going and keeps scoring goals. PSG against Bayern Munich. It will be an amazing game. They have maybe a few of the best players in the world, maybe. But for me, I always have the confidence I wouldn't go into a game thinking that there's a chance we're going to lose. Just the mindset I have that if we go into a game that we're 100% going to win and do everything we can to win. Absolutely unstoppable! It really is the Jamal Musiala show. He has been so much fun to watch this season. Already four more goals than he got last year. 12 goals, nine assists in 22 matches. Stuart Robson then. Nice and warm in Leipzig, of course, there, 24 hours before kickoff, Robbo. You look ahead to this game, a good one to start things off. 
Absolutely, because before the Christmas break, uh, I mean, Leipzig were in top form. When Rosa took over, they were near the bottom of the table. They've got a great home record. They were scoring goals. They uh, beat Real Madrid to get into the last 16 of the Champions League when it didn't look as though they were going to get there. And Bayern Munich in their last four games before the Christmas period, I think, scored 21 goals. And they've got 49 goals already this season. So this is going to be a massive contest. Obviously, Manuel Neuer is not going to be there. So Jan Sommer looks as though he's going to come in goal. He's only joined the club in the last couple of days he, he's going to be in goal so that might be a slight weakness for, for Bayern Munich you might think but it's got the makings of a, of a top quality game every time they've played in recent times there's been lots of goals this should be a, a very close encounter but a good one How's your day been Rob? What have you done? Uh, what have I done? Uh, I went by plane, I went on two trains, oh. I went on a long walk and um, and then went out for dinner with uh, with uh, Derek, which was very pleasant. Tried to look for a, a place that did the uh, Man City um, Spurs game, couldn't find one. We went everywhere, oh. traipsed all over Leipzig, which I would say is not the busiest place in the world at the moment, but uh, we couldn't <laughs> find it on anywhere. So we had to settle to uh, just have a nice little cosy dinner together. Yeah, where is everyone? Uh, well, I, when we walked through the town and, and uh, had our little dinner and looked for all these places, the hotels that might have it in their, in their lobby or the, the bars, I would say as we walked the streets of Leipzig, we saw no more than about 50 people in the, in the half an hour that we were walking. So it's a very wow. quiet place. I don't know where everybody's, well, we're, everybody's we're, been. Well, the, I've got to well, say. Well, they obviously had one that Derek Ray was coming. <laughs> Hello. Wouldn't be saying hello. It might have something to do with the minus three temperature that it is out here at the moment. Oh, well. I thought your nose was looking a bit red, Robbo. No. Should we drag this segment on any longer just to annoy you? Robbo, thank you very much. Joe Robson, of course, on the call tomorrow with Derek Pleasure. Ray. Uh, Leipzig against Bayern Munich. Coverage starts on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Eastern. And that brings us to the oh. end of today's show. Frank is back with us, uh, Craig and Stevie as well, to answer your tweets, the majority of them, about Stevie getting lost. Stay with us. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you very much for all your questions, the majority of them uh, regarding Stevie and getting lost in the woods earlier today as Stevie and Craig recovered from doing their Pine Barren Sp Soprano episode <laughs> reenactment. Of course, one of the iconic episodes in the Soprano series. Uh, Stephen, tell us what happened. Well... <laughs> My wife and I, my wife and I have a particular route that we go a walk in okay. the woods. And the problem is that there are three trails in the woods, right? There's a yellow trail, an orange trail, and a blue trail. And my wife knows the trail better than I do. Now, unfortunately for me, she's away at the moment. And I decided that I would, I would go up this trail because I'd convinced myself I remembered that. Okay. So after an hour, <laughs> I had no idea where I was. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what do you do? <laughs> do I keep walking, hoping that I stutter <laughs> upon the, the exit? Or do I call the hero of the hour, Mr. Butler? Because <laughs> I knew, I knew if I, because there's houses yes. round, all the way around the outside of the woods. Uh, okay. And it's not. not far from where he lives. Right. So I figured what I'd do is I'd, I'd just go to the edge and whatever the house was, I'd call him up and he'd come and pick me up and take me back to the car, me and Haggis. Uh, and you, that's you what happened. You pick up the story from here, Craig. So he's on the... Uh... 
I used to walk uh, my oldest dog in there years and years ago. He was on the other, he'd walked all the way through the ravine and up the valley onto the other side. Right. Right. So he, he was going the opposite way. But it's amazing because you think you, you think you've got your directions and your... You think. Yeah. yeah. Well, you well listen, bear in mind people. you've lived in this area where we pl played golf for years and you said, I still don't know this road. There was two things struck me before I get to the phone call. Well, no, I'll get to the phone call first. I'm having a cup of coffee. It's about half ten, right, dealing with the dogs. Yep. The phone rings, I was like, he knows I'd never normally answer the phone. I know, I thought but I was in the kitchen, it. so it's on site, rings Stevie. I went, well, <laughs> we're not playing golf because yeah. it's too cold. What does he want? He wants a lift to work. Right. So I answered the phone, I said, all right. He said, he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I went, what? He went, I'm lost. <laughs> he went, I'm lost. Can you come and pick me up? And my first words to him were, well, if you're lost, how, how can I find you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as it turns out, he was on the edge of that street. So he was able to give me the, he said, he gave me that story. Yeah. So I said, I think I know where it is, that street, but I'll come and get you, I'll punch it in my sat nav. Yeah. And I said to my wife where it was, and she said, oh, it's, yeah, it's up the hill. And I gets up there. The first thing that struck me, I'm driving in a corner and I went, oh. I see a dog, but then there's a guy who works for Eversource. <laughs> the electric man. <laughs> I thought, when I got there, I put the window down and went, are you working in the roads? <laughs> that's a very bright jacket, Steve. And oh, he was like, that's, that's, he went, well, I was coming through the woods, and I went, right, so we've got the big fella eventually in the yeah. back. How many pounds is Haggis now? He's about 140. 140 pounds. Well, I, I got him in the back of the Audi, <laughs> the wagon, which for my dogs, but he took the full trunk up. Yeah. Knocked the grid down, Brilliant. the grill at the back to stop the dogs. He's, a little, yeah, cum, he's a little cumbersome. When, when is Eleanor back? Tomorrow. Well, that's Thank probably goodness. for the best. I will not be going back there. That picture, is, so a, that picture is actually sat on the edge of somebody's garden with wow. a dog. Imagine that. Imagine that scene of them. No, but he got up. He got up. Right. When I to talk to me, when I got to, and I went, get down. I said, <laughs> I'm not leaving here until I got a photo. And I got straight, as soon as I dropped them off, I straight onto the producer yeah. feet. I went, wait. I said, I got one for you. Ah, uh, dear. Um, what's more likely, City winning the league or Stevie getting lost in the woods again? Well, I'm definitely going to get lost in the woods again. Yeah. If I go on my own. Yes. Why don't you drop stuff down as you go along? <laughs> you just go where you want. edible, like bread. Oh, right then. Away from, away from Stevie in the woods. If you're Spurs, do you just blow up the team and sell Kane and Son and get a new manager, Frank? Uh, yeah, I would get a new manager. I think it other work. He's been uh, he's been shown to the world that um, you know his thoughts, his ideas about uh, what he wants to do with the player doesn't doesn't work for for the Spurs players. So, so yeah, I would try I would try something else. What about what about Son and Kane? Uh, sell Kane I, I and Son. Keep them or you, would you sell would Kane? You sell and take them? the money. No, no. Uh, I will try to sell Son. I think Son is not is not there anymore. He was the, he, he had a decent World Cup, but uh, but since the beginning of the the this season, it wasn't it wasn't good enough. And I uh, will try to to sell him to get a little bit of money. I tried to keep Kane. I need I need I need my skipper. What Spurs have to understand is, and I'm sure they do, and I'm sure the supporters do. And I know a lot of the Spurs supporters are really not happy with the ownership and Daniel Levy. Yeah. However. As I said on yesterday's show, there's not a lot of ownerships that are perfect. And ultimately, Conte will go. 
yes. either Alf is on a cord or he'll wangle it somewhere or the club will have to do some. So I think a concern for them is, is that long term, they're going to have to make a change at some point anyway. Uh, Stevie, which was more impressive and needed? Real Madrid's comeback or Manchester City's comeback? Probably City. Right. Probably City. I mean, we're still eight points behind, and Arsenal's got a game in hand, right? Five points, five points. Five points. Yeah. Yeah. Had they, had they lost tonight and Arsenal won the game in hand, that's a lot of points. Yeah, I think, I think City's win tonight was more important. For Stevie, as a manager, how do you approach benching Lloris? Well, the problem he's got right now is he can't bench him because you can't play Foster. I'm sorry, Foster's not good enough. No? Fraser Foster is not good enough. You're not, you're, you're not putting somebody in goals that's on a, on a par with your Reese or better. So that's very hard to do from a coach's point of view. Put a guy in you know is worse than the one you're taking out. Okay. But unfortunately, they need to bring in another goalkeeper. Um, and unless Uris is playing out his skin, it's pretty simple. You just you just say to him about the goals he's losing. Right. And if he's doesn't and if he's not happy and he doesn't get it, then guess what? You show show them to him. Because there's been talk about Pickford from Everton. Obviously they're struggling. Wow. International goalkeeper, whether yeah. we think he's good enough or whatever, I don't know. He's, I think he's a decent goalkeeper. I don't think he's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. But, but, he's, but he's better than Uris, right? I don't think Lloris well, I think he's got less ricks in him than, yeah. than Lloris. But I don't think he'll drop him because one is his captain, and two, uh, he's made ricks before. Quite a lot of them for Tottenham, and he hasn't, he hasn't dropped them. Uh, Frank, start, bench or sell? Conte, Mourinho, Tuchel. <laughs> That's easy. Okay, uh, uh, I start Tuchel, I... Oh. Bench, Mor bench Mourinho and I sell Conte. No. Mourinho's better. Mourinho has to be. His career is sensational, Frank. Well, that's yeah. my question. That's my answer. You know, can I okay. give the answer that I want? Or, you know, no. or, or we no, don't no. live in a no. democracy anymore? Uh, <laughs> okay, so give yeah. your answers, guys. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> no Mourinho, Conte. And then Tuchel. But Conte, the reason I say that is Conte won all those titles. Right. At... Uh, and Juventus and Juventus and also won, also won it to Chelsea. See, I would go the other way. I'd go, I'd go Mourinho, Tuchel and sell Conte. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I couldn't, I couldn't put up with Conte. Right. Yeah, but it's, not, it's not a personal preference. <laughs> couldn't put up with him. Um, is Rudiger the new Maguire struggling at Real Madrid? Mistakes in him, it seems quite a lot, Frank. What's happened? I don't know. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, but remember when he signed for Chelsea at first, he wasn't that good. And uh, people were, were wondering, you know, what, uh, what, they ha what we had to do with Rudiger. And uh, a change of coach, uh, it's only when Tuchel came that uh, Rudiger uh, became the Rudiger that we have known just before he left for Real Madrid. So I guess he just came back to his past. Uh, he's passed before Tuchel came back, so maybe Real Madrid have to hire Tuchel for in order to Rüdiger really to become back to become the player that we knew. 
which I think would never happen. Uh, I, I'm sad for him because he's a talented player, but I think he, he, psychologically he, he must have some weak, must have some uh, yeah. weaknesses. Sorry. A confidence player, I think people call it. Okay. Yep. I mean, he wasn't even getting a game at Chelsea, right? It was kind of like, what do we do with this guy? He was playing a bit. He wasn't playing at all. And then, was it Frank came in? Or was it Tuchel that Yeah, he was on and out the side, and then... Yeah, he was playing when, when everybody was injured or... Right. I think it was Tuchel. Or, I mean, it was like, what are we going to do with this guy? And then he became the best defender, and then he goes to Real Madrid, and he's back to square one. For all, as you've all played professionally, what is it like at training? Do coaches work on improving players' specific attributes if they spot a weakness, or is it mostly aimed at building the team as a whole? Well, number one, it's good fun, isn't it? Yeah? <laughs> Hi. Well, it's like a bunch of kids. Right. Like, we may be, we may be all be married and have kids of our own, but as soon as we walk through that door and go on the training field, it's, it's, we're there to enjoy you yourself. Make yourself. You make yourself sound like Mr. Mature off the pitch. I'm at home with a family. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because you've got, you got to bring your kids you got up. You and... the woods earlier today. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> that's different. I see, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, generally it's about building the team. And then after that, once you, once you get the team together, then I think you can probably concentrate on individuals. How much did you mix it up when you were coaching with regards to what the routine was? Because I imagine you have to make sure that things don't get stale. Um, yeah, the routine didn't change an awful lot. Play right. late routine. Oh yeah? Play late routine. Right. It, it, it's not about what you do, it's about how you do it. You can do the same thing every day, but as long as there's a tempo to it and there's an edge to it, then you can you can keep doing it. Once once you lose that, then obviously you, you sort of tweak it. But yeah, no, you can you can do I still, I've got generally the same sort of things. I, I know he's, when he's talking there, I'm thinking, what is the reason for what's the reason? For, I'm, this is serious now. Right. What's the reason for the high vis jacket? <laughs> <laughs> Kids get hold on a second. There's no cars in there. So, my, my wife's. Hold on a second. But, but seriously, that's. Did you buy that? Right. So <laughs> if you just it? listen for a second, right? Okay. okay. So there's two things. One, <laughs> we take them out at night when it's dark, right? So the high vis is important, right? Was it dark this morning? Two. Hold on. Just let me finish. It would have been a bad Two. <laughs> two. The. <laughs> the uh, the hunting season's just finished, so I'm kind of used to just when I'm going to take the dog, you just put that jacket on. What's that got to do with hunting? So I don't season? get a, I don't get get a bow and arrow through the back of me. Because oh, you look, oh, you, where have you got the people oh, somebody to the shooting? Set. What are you <laughs> like? What have you got the the deer season? The deer season's just finished, you so look I don't like want to be walking. Well, if <laughs> somebody sees haggis, you look like a deer. If, listen, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time somebody's dog's been. Well done, Somebody's Stevie. I'm with you, my man. Or a bear or something. It's 2023. Yeah, we haven't got a board now. Well, people, people, what are you talking about? So you don't hunt then? You don't know, you have no idea, have you? What are you talking about? Who's in uh, the woods in Avon with a bow and arrow? But people go hunting deer with bow and arrows. No, I'm not buying that for a second. Of course you do. In this country. I've got well, hold on, hold I used on. to players that used to do it. Steve Rolston used to do it. Go, they go bow hunting. There's loads of people. <laughs> no, that hunt. So, let, let's... Look, you... I mean, you just don't know what you're talking about. 
You get angry you about just, this. I know because you don't know. You actually, you actually dead serious, and you don't know what you're talking about. People go bow no. hunting in the hunting season. In, in the Not everybody just walks around with a with a gun and blasts deer. <laughs> Seriously. So, so I'm so, uh, you know, you know, let's have a look. Let's it. have a look at the mindset. Hey, hey, hey. He wears a high vis jacket <laughs> in the woods in Avon in case he gets a bow and arrow. Exactly. Through him. And he also, on top of that, won't go in the water, the sea, because he's watched Jaws. <laughs> uh, um, Frank, for legitimate reasons, if you ask me. Yeah, you yeah. That. I think it. I think it was, it's, it's very clever from Stevie to wear those kind of jackets. You know, in France, it's almost Thank compulsory you where, you know, they, 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 they made some new rules. You have to test for alcohol, you know, before going hunting because they're all completely drunk, you know. So you better <laughs> wear a jacket like that to make sure you are seen, you know. So I don't know <laughs> if it's the, the same thing in the, in the States, but I'm okay. I'm completely with you, Stevie. That's safer. Well done, my man. Thank oh, you. Wow. He's a trailblazer. He yeah. certainly is. I don't see that jacket Bow catching hunting. on, though. Uh, <laughs> see, I could see you walking in one of the local bars with that jacket and go, yeah. well, that's a nice piece of fashion. Oh, there we go. Uh, that is it. Have you seen your face when I said that, bow hunting? People like that, what are you talking about? I've never, I've never met anyone <laughs> like hunting in this in But this when place. was the last time you were up in the middle of the woods? Well, I go to the woods quite a lot. Hey, what the fuck were you doing in the woods? Take the dog. Watch you don't get lost. <laughs> okay. I Just be careful you don't get lost. Don't ring me. Not come. Well, of course don't you don't see them. Jacket. We've all got camouflage on. Of course you don't see them. You fool. Next he'll be getting he'll be getting a high vis for for, for haggis. You yeah. don't you yeah. don't see them. You just feel the bone arrow in the back of your head. Well, yeah. That's it. We are done. Maybe shot in the garden. Look, around the corner. All the things Look, around the corner. There he was. I can't um, believe it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Frank will be back tomorrow anyway to uh, look ahead to Chelsea against Liverpool, plus reflecting on Leipzig oh, against. Can Frank not give us his score? Um, no, no, he can't. Oh, so we got to wait till tomorrow, oh, Stevie. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's Keep it dog? secret. Keep it secret. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 